From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. I'm super excited. I just can't believe, first of all, it's 2023, and it's March. Yes, Can it you is. believe it? It's like, I saw daffodils today. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely shocking. I mean, two-twelfths of the new year is over, and now we're into a new month. So time is just marches on, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm yeah. hoping spring is here, although I, I heard it. it's going to be cold and miserable again before, it's, before that lamb of March comes in. Here we go. Here we go. But I saw cherry, little cherry Little cherry blossoms. Yeah, oh, spring cherry is blossoms coming. And, March is and here. Daffodils. Yes, and March is a lot of cool things to celebrate. Tell us what we're you know celebrating well, in March. one of the great things about March is it's National Women's History Month, and that's a month that's reserved for the celebration and of the achievements and contributions that women have made to society. So coming on today's show, we're going to discuss a few brands and what they're doing to celebrate Women's History Month. And if you have something you want to contribute to that topic, please feel free to call 1-84-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. Our phone lines are open and we're willing to discuss anything about Women's History Month. And to join us discussing that in the first part of the show is Adrienne Pascarelli, who's a senior reporter at Ad Age, and she writes great articles. And she's been keeping tabs a little bit on some of the newest stories that have been coming out in celebration of Women's History Month. Hello, Adrienne. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's great that you're here. I love I love hearing what you're talking about. You get such a great beat. Ad Age, such a fun journal or magazine to write for. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us like one of the some of the news stories that you've heard? So Women's History Month is is all of March, right? But there's International Women's Day is March 8th. And that's the day where we're really starting to see or we have seen in the past. And I think we will see this year um, more of the campaigns, a lot of the brands stepping up and kind of highlighting some of the issues around the inequalities um, that women are facing and kind of things like workplace discrimination and gender-based violence and um, social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women will be highlighted in some of the campaigns that we'll see. Just curious. I'm sure you don't know, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you know why um, March is Women's History Month? Like, is it because the daffodils and the flowers are coming out? Just curious if there's any wow. connection. <laughs> I'm not sure if that I, was, that might have been a misogynistic statement, actually. Yeah, like, is it spring? I don't know. And like, yeah, I have no spring. Idea. It's Wait the best season of the year, oh, so we get the best month. Oh, you there you go. That's I, why? Hey, I like it. I like it. There you go. Uh, I think you would say that March is the best month. Actually, I'm looking at a snowy landscape. <laughs> in Westchester, New York. Oh, dear. But um, I think it, it has historical significance um, dating back more than a century, but I'm not quite sure why it is March. I don't have an answer for you on that oh, one. Okay. I was just wondering. But it is an opera. It's a fantastic opportunity, Barbara, because we know that half of the market is women. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we'll start with that premise, right? So and, it's smart to try to. And not only yeah. that, but not only is half of the market 
women. But the consumer, I would imagine, is overwhelmingly still to this day yeah, women. Yeah. And so for a lot of products that they're advertising, it's the woman who's going to be the buyer. That's a fair point. That so, is a very fair point. Yeah, it's strategic to do something nice to celebrate mm-hmm. this month, whatever month it ends up being. But. Exactly. So as you were saying, Adrian, so – Three uh, eight International Women's Day. Tell us about some of the things you're seeing, the trends, the you know what's going on. What are the what are the hot things? What are the exciting things that are happening that you're that you that you're actually observing out there? So let's see. There's probably a few that you guys have seen. I think we could start with M and M's. Um, you might remember that they made some waves around the Super Bowl, um, yeah, which didn't go so was, well. <laughs> exactly. So um, yes, we all recall the uh, the end of the uh, spokes candies or that didn't turn out to be the end of them um, after all. So now as part of that kind of a continuance of that campaign, they are unveiling a new purple character um, around International Women's Day, mm. and it's a female, um, mm. female candy. Um, and so part of the packaging that they'll be having will only feature the female uh, spokes candies. So it's the purple and the green and the brown. They are oh, all wow. um, coated oh, blue as isn't female. Pr- female. It's brown, green, and purple. So what I understand is interesting about that purple spokesperson is that there are no purple M&Ms, Right. So there won't be purple M&Ms inside the bag. There'll just be a purple spokesperson outside. Yeah, it does feel like that might be uh, like false advertising. <laughs> people who love purple, like right. myself, right. my favorite color, um, might be disappointed. Yeah, well, this, this is an, it's an opportunity for Skittles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they do have purple yeah. candies. More of a rainbow. On. Yeah, exactly. Interesting, yeah. though. But, you know, like you're an expert or you've been following ad campaigns for a long time. So with this M&M thing, it did backfire a little bit, you know, in that people were like, uh, so what's the story here? And I don't even think there was as much positive reaction to Maya Rudolph either as they had hoped. But it's still in the conversation, yep. and people remember it, and they like to talk about it. And so what's your feeling about this campaign? Is it doing what they wanted it to do, even if it, you know, some people are a little bit dubious about the intentions? That's true. I mean, it is, what, two weeks after the Super Bowl, um, and we are still talking about it here. Mm-hmm. Um, There's still the first campaign that we mentioned. Um, so if you look at it like that, yes, um, any buzz is good buzz, and just keeping them in the mix, keeping in conversation and cultural conversation, especially for something like Women's History Month, International Women's Day, that's a win. You know, if you think about it, this is a candy that every single one of the candies inside the bag is exactly the same, tastes exactly the same. The same, and they're and it's just this little tiny chocolate candy, you yeah. know, and that they're really creating such emotional connection, such such differentiation, such identity. Totally, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's got to be the definition of a brand, right? Just has to. So you know, whatever they're doing with that purple ca- can, uh, character, even if it's false advertising, <laughs> my guess is that's a hit. That's I'm a hit. thinking. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Adrian, let me ask you a question about just more of a general strategic question for these brands as they um, consider uh, what to engage in specifically for Women's History Month. Do you have a sense of how they choose? whatever initiative or ideological bent that they might take, because I would I would imagine that a lot of brands are going to be doing this. Um, so doing it in a way that kind of stands out and is not like, oh, well, that's just you know something that they're doing because here we go, it's March. What are, you, are you seeing anything that's, that you're finding as really creative and or really well differentiated in terms of how they're picking an ideological viewpoint or an approach or a way to engage with consumers? You could talk about some of those examples. 
Well, one thing I wanted to point out that's kind of interesting that we might want to keep in mind as we talk about these brands is the idea of gender washing going on. It's kind of like greenwashing, mm -hmm. but it's where a brand's actually promoting women around Women's History Month, or they're saying how um, how important women are, women in history, all of these figures, these change makers, but in actuality, they're paying their male employees more, mm -hmm. and they are, you know, be, under the table, things are a little different, mm -hmm. or behind the curtain for, for some of these companies. So I, I think that's worth pointing out, because now that we are in the uh, social media arena um, and everybody's paying attention, paying so much more attention that could um, some of these campaigns could backfire. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't seen any of that yet um, this year, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. it might be we want to talk about a miss from a couple of years ago that really stands out now, even you know, two years later, the Burger King. I don't know if you guys remember that um, no. from 2021, but they um, tweeted around International Women's Day mm. That women belong in the kitchen. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that yeah. was a huge, oh, huge mess. Um, because I, I, I mean, ultimately, they were trying to highlight yes. um, a, a scholarship fund to promote female chefs. Yes. But that was a huge, yes. a huge problem for them. They ended up having to take down the tweet and issue a public apology. So I think, um, yeah. you know, it, it's worth it to, to point out, along with um, gender washing, that brands really have to make sure that they're thinking things through mm -hmm. um, with, with what they do around some of these sensitive topics. Mm -hmm. um, I think one other campaign I did want to highlight um, this morning, uh, Bose came out with a campaign highlighting gender disparity across the music industry. Oh, it's obvious makes sense for a brand like that to mm -hmm. kind of highlight a key problem. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the stat that they said was 2.8% of the popular songs over the past decade were produced by women. Obviously, that's oh, a very small amount. Wow, that's shocking. With all the superstars we have right. in the music business, I'm really surprised because there are a lot of like really powerful women in the music business. This is true. This is true. But it could go back to that word produce, right? Because there are some complexities with respect to let's jump to 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 our uh, guru uh, audio engineer uh, Dion Simpkins right <laughs> this is complicated right the way that because he's a musician he's a, <laughs> a superstar drummer but he understands this business a lot and so how does how does this all play out in terms of like producing and like making sure that women get their their fair you know perspective with respect to representation in an industry like the music industry yeah well part of it is that it it goes to the actual credits so like you can you can. You may not produce the song, like you may not make the music for the song, but if you get credit for it, ah. like you you can get producer credits on it, and sometimes that that's how it how it breaks down. I see. But there's a lot of women that are in front of the in in front of the mic technically yep. mm -hmm. that aren't on the other side actually. Interesting. And, and there there's a there's a lot of women doing it, but they're not getting a lot of the credit. Oh, that's for interesting. Wow, that's this is this really is making bad. Adrian's point quite well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. Two point eight percent. That's that's something that needs to change. So that's a really good initiative, right, Barbara? Yeah, yeah. That would that's really good that Bose is doing it. How do they stand on the gender washing? You know, what's going on behind the curtain at Bose? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but they that's part of the campaign. They um We'll partner with a She is the Music, a nonprofit um, oh, well, nice. dedicated to in increasing the number of women um, in women music. So hopefully yeah. that yeah. figure changes as a result of this campaign. And I think that's worth pointing out that it's one it's campaigns like this that are trying to move the needle and actually foster change rather than just paying lip service yep. to a, 
a month, <laughs> you know, <laughs> once the, a year. The thing along those lines, I noticed, you know, I'm an academic, so I got an email from HBS, Harvard Business School, that make cases, and they were featuring women uh, CEOs, oh. if you want to use cases that feature women CEOs, oh, because that's interesting. Um, that's interesting. you know we've been teaching in marketing for a hundred years, and yeah. we use a lot of Harvard cases, and they're almost always male CEOs. So that's it's really point. unusual really to point. have female CEOs. So yeah. in this email, they had all the cases that they were. Oh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting female initiative. CEOs. And one yeah. of the things I noted, which is my question to you, is that a lot of them were new brands. You know, like Yes is one, Away was one. Mm. A lot mm. of these these digitally native vertical brands, Glossier is mm, one, mm-hmm. that are brand new brands, it's mm-hmm. much there's a much higher percentage of women CEOs or women founders in the new brands. Okay. So I was wondering if you've noticed anything along those lines or like the difference when it starts with a woman, you know, have you noticed something different than the way the marketing goes or that's interesting. Um, I think um, Away in particular had some issues with their female founders a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, but, um, you, you tried. <laughs> you tried to give them their props. Unfortunately, Adrian, you... the, the journalist, the investigative reporter, has all the backstory, so she's analyzed this very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, but I think you're right. I mean, thinking about thinking back about a lot of these um, startup brands in the last 10, 15 years, the ones that you've mentioned for sure, um, they there are a lot of female founders, um, and then and they go on to be um, you know female founders and CEOs, um, and maybe that's saying that things are that there's more. I don't actually I don't know what that might be saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just. The- change is slow. Change is, is but, but change might be afoot. But, you know, what you pointed out, like Run the Runway also had some trouble, you know, in some of these brands. They did. You know, so I think once we get equality, we'll just mess up just like the guys do. That's <laughs> pretty much what I think. You know, that's what we're shooting for. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's equal funny. across the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so, you know, if, if their campaign, the women campaigns aren't going to come out, at, you know, until March 8th with mm-hmm. any real force. Right. One of the things I wanted to talk about that you did write a story about um, was the, a Super Bowl ad when what the new brand what is it called Tamu is that what it's called um, that, Timu Timu yeah <laughs> Timu How did you, you just say Tamu Timu Timu I remember that ad I, I'm yeah. very interested yeah Timu I'm Timu. really interested in that because that brand is owned by PDD which is an incredibly interesting Chinese retailer okay they went from nothing in twenty. 15 to number three in e-commerce in China, which is not nothing. Wow. That's like huge. Wow. It was um, Alibaba, then JD, then PDD. PDD. And PDD started as a very, very, very cheap brand mm-hmm. in a very, very low price, really cheap stuff, okay. um, e-commerce. It went on Tencent or WeChat's platform Got it. as a marketplace. And it just took off because wow. it did the sharing model. If you want to buy something cheap as an individual, you'd get a cheap price on PDD. But if you brought in five of your friends, Mm. all five of you would get a cheaper price. And using that cheap model, you know, that sharing model, and Mm. there's a lot of things that's an advantage of it. It it led to exponential growth. It led to incredible useful data because you know data about you you and all your friends and all of that other stuff. Um, And then that was started, PDD, by gamers. And so they did a whole lot of gaming and really interesting things. It was an incredible innovative um, brand in China. And I had the fortunate, I was fortunate enough to go to China in November 2019. I talked to the people at PDD. That was 
was right did? before COVID hit. Did you, did you advise them to change the name to something more interesting? <laughs> Pinduo Duo. <laughs> okay, oh, sorry. It means like yeah. low Duo price Duo. fun go. and something oh, else. Oh, interesting. It's, interesting. It's actually okay. a good name in Chinese, apparently. Okay, okay. But PDD. like it was, a, it was a phenomenon in China. And you're saying on the platform, Barbara, there's like a lot of gamification aspects? Game, yeah, gamification. Oh, that's really like yeah. a lot, all the, the rules kids. of gaming, which is like create streams and create yeah. virtual cash and like yeah. a lot of different things that yeah. they were doing that was incredibly innovative. Yeah. And they're not, they were not a strictly Chinese brand. They weren't here forever. And all of a sudden, what's this called? What is Timu? So Timu is what they are starting to introduce into the U.S. So oh, wow. I, I don't know anything about it. And I'm seeing that you wrote an article on it. Mm-hmm. I saw that ad come up on the Super Bowl. It was clearly a Chinese ad to me. You mm-hmm. could tell that it was Chinese. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it was like just different just than the different. other ads. Yeah, yeah. And I had to search it because I hadn't heard anything about it. And that's when I found out it was owned by PDD. But I see that you wrote an article about it. So what is your take? Yeah. I don't know if you know the history about PDD, but you know what's happening with Timu in the U.S., or yeah. at least what's yeah, yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that ad took everybody by surprise. We didn't know it was coming. Um, we knew most of the Super Bowl spots ahead of time, but they took two ad buys. So they spent, what, $14 million on Super Bowl um, Ooh, marketing, wow. which is a lot, yep. um, to really uh, plant a flag in the uh, in the U.S. market as they, um, I think, will be competing against Amazon and um, and AliExpress. And it's actually interesting because Timu and Alibaba are both doing so much more marketing here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. they see an opportunity and their prices are very low. Very low. Um, very after low. the spot aired, um, my mother the next week asked me, should I be shopping Timu? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Yeah. So amazing. is it like Shein? Is it that low? It seemed pretty low That's when I and and then and of course Sheehan. So there's, I mean, they are there's the opportunity is ripe there. I guess there Sheehan was one of the most downloaded apps last year. I yeah, think, yeah, um, Sheehan is like is crazy. Off. Yeah, Super yeah. So it's a real. Yeah. Um, what's interesting to me is how everyone is clamoring for sustainability and exactly, um, and then you you know that these. They can't be so cheap and they're actually, you know, keeping sustainable business practices Mm. with the materials, with the production, with their labor. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting that these are so popular here when when people all seem to say that they want um, brands to have more sustainable. So, so So here's an idea, Barbara. What do you think about this idea? Run an ad campaign where you do massive advertising on giant balloons that fly over the United States for Timu. Oh, did they, they do that? I don't know. I'm asking you, is that, is that, is that a hot idea? Is that, I wait, don't know. Or is, that, is, is, that, is, that, like, is that, is that likely to cause a national, oh, a national I see, incident? I see, I see. Because it's a Chinese, oh, I didn't, I have to like be three steps ahead to catch your joke. Your humor is, oh, I'm always thinking about what's the business angle to this? It's like, no, America's is like trying to come up with a stunt just to, to get yeah. eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, that would be something. That would be but wild. That's, yeah, that's not the kind of thing they do though. They mm. tend to do, like that would really get conversation going yeah um but what they tend to do is stickiness kind of things you know where people buy a whole lot but to adrian's point Shein is like a phenomenon in that the same consumer who will say they are into sustainability will buy garbage bags of Shein clothing Mm -hmm. which is to throw away you Mm -hmm. can't have a hundred t-shirts you just can't but you can afford them on Shein. Mm. so you're gonna buy a (laughs) hundred t-shirts and you know you're gonna throw half of them away that's not sustainable and that's kind of what 
um, at least PDD was doing in China originally and maybe here too. They're selling such cheap stuff. It's basically not very good quality. Oh, wow. They're not pretending it is. Oh, wow. They're pretending it's low quality at a very, very, very low price. Interesting. And it's attractive to a particular segment. Mm-hmm. Now, Alibaba, as I know it, does mostly beta business in the U.S. In other words, they engage with brands to bring them onto their platform mm. to sell in China. Mm-hmm. Um, AliExpress, as you mentioned, is B2C, um, but it's not that big a business of B2C. Is, is Timu B2C or is it B2B? It's B2C, right? I think B2C. This, yeah. I think it's a competitor to AliExpress. Yeah. And actually, AliExpress, um, yeah. I think they were doing some marketing just this week to celebrate some new um, or to promote some new um, members' choice uh, initiative that they have. Yeah, so that that's really interesting. Let me reintroduce you. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with Maricus Reed. This is Marketing Matters. And today we are joined by Adrian Pascarelli, who's the senior reporter at Ad Age. And we're talking about the most recent ads and also Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. If you would like to ask Adrian any or any of us a any question, us. Yep. Um, please feel free to call in at one eight four four Wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I like that issue of gender washing. You know, there's a lot of brands that could be in that situation. Like Nike is an example of mm. one that had a lot yeah. of. I mean, I love Nike, and I know you yeah. love Nike, yeah. and I'm we've both done work with Nike, and yep. we're big supporters of Nike. But Nike had a little bit of a Big problem. Absolutely. You know, um, which they kind of covered up with Kaepernick and all these other things. Um, So did you write about that campaign when, you know, some of that stuff happened at Nike? I I wonder. The Kaepernick or Or no, no, the the women's um, stuff. Yeah, 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 the women's stuff. Um, Yeah, I think we covered what the... You mean also the open letter about how they were treating the yeah, yeah. You know, pregnant athlete or the, yeah. they didn't have good maternity? Um, yes, we, we wrote about that a little. But again, it's like Nike is, like you said, you guys love Nike. Nike is such a giant. Yeah. So I think um, it is it is hard to, to follow through with some of those things, like to see where they go. And I think Allison Felix then ended up actually going to... Um, she did work with Athleta and had oh, um, right, a collection right. there, which is which is great. And and that brand is known for like female empowerment, really uplifting a lot of the values um, for for women. But Athleta is so. Gap. They have mm-hmm. their own history with, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, they were bought by Gap. Um, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. Oh, gosh, a while ago, uh, fifteen. Yeah, I think that you're, you're highlighting the difficulty of this, which is to avoid the pitfall of hypocrisy. Yeah. You have to go back into your history and make sure all the ducks are in a row. It's really hard to, you know, to, to tell you know, that story. But, you to that point, like I've seen people do that with sustainability too. You know, so they don't get credit for the progress they are making because when you make some progress and you try for real to do something that's right, what people do is they go back and look, oh, you didn't do this right. Yeah. And so you get criticized. Yeah. And so what I found a lot of brands do on these things is um, do something in in behind the scenes and they don't promote it. Now, that's not true with Women's History Month, partly because it's such a big holiday and partly for the reason you pointed out. 50% are women. They tend to be the consumer, you know, and whatever you can do to try to bring women on board, you're going to do, even if you have a little bit of this backlash, I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100%. I imagine that most brands feel, like you said, Nike, you know, Nike paid, you know, some dues for that. Yeah. And some heads rolled at Nike and they made some big changes. Mm-hmm. But I think net net, Nike is seen now as pro women. I mean, Serena Williams is, is you know, really 
fed it up there. They love Serena. She's a very strong role model. And even though she stopped playing professionally, I guess, Correct. I think she's still very strong at Nike. Yeah. So it yeah, is I mean, I think it's smart to, to reach out and, and to create it. I think Adrian's point and your point, too, Barbara, is really critical, which is to just to make sure how do I how do I make sure I I optimize that credibility argument, that authenticity argument, that this is something that is really in alignment with the true mission of what people perceive my values to be. You know, I saw you on one of the things you do. Uh-oh. And- <laughs> well, thank you. And now I'm Wait a minute. About it. <laughs> Should I be insulted by that? <laughs> I saw you on you know one of those things that you do. Oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> but you tend, you tend, you know, to really take on the issue of crisis marketing and yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think maybe what you are suggesting here, and you can say if it is, you know, like if you own it, it's okay. Yes. You know, if yes. you're authentic about it, and you say, look, we are trying to make these moves. Yes, we recognize and value women's history month and it's not a joke yes. and yeah we've got this bad history yes is yes. that what your professional that's, opinion that's would be? my that's exactly my professional opinion on <laughs> on those things that i do uh barbara and yeah i mean it's just you just come out and you be transparent you say hey we're trying to be better we're not perfect we've made mistakes and i think you have that kind of credibility in the marketplace yeah adrian have you seen like that work i mean in, in your you're looking at campaigns and things that like people who get called on it and maybe there is a gender washing claim or something like that but if you address it in an honest way do you top of mind can you think of anything like that um i'm trying to remember anyone who's done that specifically i'm always thinking about the i mean that's kind of the crisis communications textbook to to come out ahead of things and you know you don't want people to point it out you want to get ahead of the situation apologize say what went wrong and uh, and address it um one other thing i wanted to point out um since we were talking about the super bowl a little Mm bit Mm -hmm. ago um Talking about gender disparity, um, the numbers that we saw because AdAge um, cataloged all of them, we went back and, and checked in with how many people were in front of the camera, behind the camera. Oh. Just 30% of the celebrities in the Super Bowl ads were female. Oh, interesting. Um, and that's, and, and it's really male characters were featured nearly twice as frequently as female huh. characters last year, too. So we're not seeing the yeah. The the right direction. The That's really interesting. Into the well, right direction. You know, um, that makes sense a little bit. Football is kind of football. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is a Super Bowl, I agree, but it is also but, football. But but to Adrian's point, I, I've seen a study also, Barbara, that did this analysis for movies, across um, movies, and, and basically calculate how much screen time, how much... You know, is, is you know proportional and to it's men, something like and it's 70. something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's, your point's correct. I mean, at least in the Super Bowl, at least the theory is that you know all of us slag jawed cretins are like crowding around men. That's that's code for men, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like crowding around the avocado dip, and that's kind yeah. of a, you know yeah. one of our big days that we can sort of be be who we are. But I, I think you know there's a lot of work to be done. I think that's sort of the point of women's history is like, hey, what what, what are the the things that we can celebrate? And what can brands do to play a role in social change that can you know, bring us together and make the world a, 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 more, uh, a more equal place? Yeah, we only have a minute or so left. Let, what, let me just ask you, what did you think about Rihanna? Rihanna, big, thank uh, you. If we're at the Super Bowl. I, I hear mean, she's that pregnant. Was, yeah. Um, that, I mean, I saw some backlash against her. Like, yeah. I thought that was one big home run for her brand. Oh, Talk it was about awesome. Fenty, it was awesome. what she did. Like, what and a then commercial. there was a little bit of whispering. You know, you can't win for losing. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have a reaction? Yeah, marketer, marketer yeah. of the year, I would yeah. say. I wrote a story right after that that yeah. basically said she was a genius. I yeah. mean, all the buzz that we saw, yep. she had the most for Fenty 
And Rihanna had the most buzz by far mm. on social of any of those brands that paid seven million for thirty seconds. Yeah, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. So yeah, so she was we... so smart. She's like, I'm, "I'll do this for free, <laughs> and I uh, have some some stipulations in my contract here." So yeah, and yeah. they were like, "Sure." Yeah. <laughs> so. so we begin Women's History Month with <laughs> Rihanna <laughs> yeah, and thank her you, brand, Rihanna. and she's got a great brand. She does. So we support she does. it. We support it. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you and the stories you write and add? Uh, AdAge.com. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that's pretty simple. That's awesome. Thank you. You were great. We appreciate um, you, Adrian. Hope you'll come back. Absolutely. Thank you for listening today, and happy Women's History Month to yep. all. Yep. This has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn, here with America's Read, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.